Jaspreet Bopperai and Don Nicholson with Greenwashed on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Listeners, welcome back to um, RCR Greenwashed with Jaspreet and Don. And today it's our pleasure to have on our show Owen Jennings, a former ACT MP, former uh, uh, Federated Farmers President, uh, former farmer from the West Coast, I think, and I think uh, a former or oh, a person that who still does his missionary work around the world. So uh, welcome, Owen, to RCR Greenwash. Today we're going to talk about your new campaign called on, on methane, called the uh, annual organisation called the Methane Science Accord. And Tell us why you felt it necessary with your group to set up yet another organisation. Yes, well, uh, it's, a, it's a good question, isn't it? And uh, I'm supposed to be retired, Don. Uh, mm. You know, I wouldn't mind being uh, out in the garden and uh, mowing the lawn. But, you know, once you've been in public life and you've encountered injustice and, and when you've seen how the leadership uh, have let uh, a group down, in this case farmers, and let them down really badly, then, you know, you've got to speak up. And um, perhaps because I am retired and one sort of distance away from the day-to-day farming, I've been able to, you know, do the research, uh, look back and see what's happened in the past, and also perhaps give a little advice about how to conduct a campaign. And uh, what we intend to do is put together as many numbers as we can from not just the farming community, but uh, in New Zealand, we're very fortunate in that many, not just in our rural towns, but in our mainstream towns, there are a lot of people who understand agricultural issues, understand farming, and are not just sympathetic, but they're very supportive of where farmers are at. They understand the pressure farming's under, the regulatory nightmare that uh, farmers are facing from one end of the country to the other. And uh, they're keen to put their name to a cause as well. So what we want to do is broaden it out, make sure that the politicians in the run-up to the election knew full well exactly where farming is at, where farmers' thinking is at on the methane issue, and to know that that thinking has broad support from all around New Zealand. And that's that's a fantastic ambition. I mean, isn't it interesting that uh, for over 20 years now, I've been sort of at the forefront of this stuff. You were at uh, the forefront of trade reform when you were in Federated Farmers and, and you were in the, involved in this stuff, uh, even as an ACT MP. Why has it taken so long for a, a bit of honesty to come to the fore? Because that's what you're really trying to do here. You've you've assessed the um, current science, the latest science, because we all knew there was something wrong with the rhetoric that New Zealand's uh, started out at about 47%. Now they're talking 50% of the New Zealand inventory. We all suspected we were being used. Why has it taken so long for this? uh, I call it honesty. I just, perhaps that's an overused word for this. Come to the fore. Why has it taken so long, do you think? Well, it's interesting. If if you actually look back, uh, and and you know even even look back to the nineteen eighties and nineties when the climate thing first sort of emerged, and in those days we were worried about getting too cold. Um, but now, of course, it's, it's all about about heating. And and if you look back and look narrowly just at the methane issue, 
it wasn't particularly well understood. There's not a lot of science, not a lot of basic science relating to methane. And and um, and so what I found was that um, there were there were just a lot of people saying, climbing on a bandwagon, saying, oh, methane's bad, it's 28 times, it's 100 times. I mean, you can find as many multiples as you like. There's plenty of scientists with good credentials saying that the methane molecule is only four times the power of CO2, but there's plenty that, um, you know, want to multiply it up by even bigger numbers. The point being that we don't understand much about uh, methane. We don't even understand much about the weather and the climate, to be perfectly honest. But what we found was that uh, in, in the mid um, uh, years of the uh, of 2010 to 2020, a number of scientists started to look at methane in a fundamental manner. And what they found was that the earlier numbers that were being thrown around were actually wrong. Methane wasn't as powerful as they thought. And and I think the thing that's hugely disappointing about what's happening at the present time is that our representatives, whether they were government representatives, industry representatives, um, who went to IPCC meetings, went to United Nations meetings over the years, did not stand up for New Zealand and the New Zealand cause. We're unique. We're the only country in the world whose economy is fundamentally anchored in grass-fed ruminants, the only country. Ireland's got a fair bit um, on its side, but it's it's a different economy. It's much more uh, broadly based. And what we should have had was representatives who went out there and batted for us, that stood up for New Zealand, that negotiated a particular case for a country based on grass-fed ruminants, and they didn't, and now we're suffering for that, and we've got too many people who just jump on the bandwagon and, and waggle their finger at us, accusing us of all manner of things without a clue about the underlying science. That's right. Oh, and I can't help but mention this. Uh, we can just go on. I was in a meeting, in a public candidate meeting called by Federated Farmers at Winton. We had uh, all the parties represented. Uh, Joseph Mooney is a local national MP. We had new faces for ACT, Labour, uh, the Greens, and minor parties between, you know, NZ Loyal and Vision. The first question, because Federated Farmers kicked off the events of the evening with saying, what will you do about, uh, you know, supporting Southland? We are a big uh, contributor to New Zealand's economy, 2% contributing to well over 10% of the export receipts. And Joseph Mooney's answer was, because he, he's the one, you know, incumbent, and he started off saying that they'll support farmers' national will by modern technologies and all of those. And uh, then it was questions through the floor. And my question was, I said, Joseph, carbon dioxide, 0.04% of the Earth's atmosphere. And the time horizon, we are looking at the emissions, 180, 200 years out of what? five billion odd of the Earth's existence. Mm. That's a minuscule proportion of since we've been alive. Why are we doing this? This makes no sense. And he says, well, he says, I can answer that right away. 193 countries have signed up. If we don't do this, we cannot, we just cannot play ball. We will be absolutely hammered. I said, well, why? I said, a, a company like Nestle won't pick up uh, Fonterra products. And I'm a Fonterra supplier, my husband and I. 
because we don't have you know the right credentials yet nestle has absolutely no problem picking up milk from punjab where i come from milk that is 10 times less carbon efficient because in india it's it's usually house cows you know an average mm. cow is producing about 0.8 milk solids a day they are not the efficient producing milk producing machines we've made them absolute silence it's like we can't trade this is it we've all signed yeah. up you need to remember 193 countries no one has ever stood up for us ever yeah that's an interesting point you make i mean what i find fascinating is that you know nobody really understands how minuscule methane is i mean mm. it's just it's let's just start there with how minor how insignificant the methane molecule is and and um, you know i i often use analogies because i'm not a scientist but i can read and i can understand and um, and i always related the amount of methane in the atmosphere to uh, an an air flight from Auckland airport to Los Angeles because a lot of us have done it and sat in that metal tube for 10 or 11 hours uh traveling that 10,470 km trip and i say to people if the atmosphere was was a trip from Auckland to Los Angeles that's the whole of the atmosphere how much of that 10,400 km is represented by methane and I'll ask at a public meeting and I'll get you know 10 kilometers 100 kilometers or whatever well I got to tell you it's 28 meters i mean the plane is even off the ground there's an even completed this pushback that's all methane that's not ruminant methane that's all methane ruminant methane is only 14% of all ruminant methane and new zealand's contribution is 1 1% of that So if you're taking comparing New Zealand's ruminant methane from all our cows and sheep with the total atmosphere we are 25 mm of a trip from Auckland to Los Angeles that's an inch for us old fellows you know 1 inch in 10,000 km and you tell me that we're going to decimate 25% of our sheep and beef industry and 5% of dairy for something that's what relatively 1 inch to 10,000 kilometers you've got to be joking just on that score alone yeah well and and, and it's not interesting oh and um I'm aware of those analogies and I'm aware of uh the recent science uh you know when I say recent the last 6 or 7 years science that says that methane uh was you know the the first judgments about this word would were made in um in an artificial atmosphere uh uh in a desiccant effectively in isolation each gas in isolation and moreover um uh the the people that have have highlighted that case have had very little media attention uh and yet they're saying that there is no way um that the effect warming effect of methane or nitrous oxide justifies any attempt ever to tax it now that means methane from any source pipeline leakages or or anything not just ruminant animals so why do you think it is i mean we hear this nonsense about trade and and as jasper's just talked about why do you think it is that federated farmers dairy and zed beef and lamb and others continually throw us under the bus i mean we employ these people for goodness sake it it's interesting isn't it uh, you mentioned before my involvement in trade talks way back 
What was really interesting in those days, and I'll never forget being in Brussels uh, at the height of the um, what was then the GATT round, later to become the World Trade Organization. And, you know, the one thing that stood out almost above absolutely everything else was New Zealand's ability to punch above its weight. Our trade people were committed to the New Zealand cause. They were there representing New Zealand. They weren't representing some pressure group. They didn't belong to Twigs and Feathers or Greenpeace or whatever as a, on a side issue. They were focused on New Zealand's interests, and, and they represented that interest uh, cleverly uh, and, and ably and influentially. And that's what's missing. We are sending the wrong people to these IPCC jamborees. You know, they go off to... Uh, Makarish, they go off to um, all these fancy places around the world and park their private jets on the runway, and then they go in and sell us down the creek. And that really annoys me. We need a government and we need representatives who stand up for us and point out that methane is a totally different gas to CO2. It's an apples and oranges situation, and the politi politicians should never have interfered and uh, made scientists come up with some sort of a uh, comparison between methane and CO2. The only thing they've got in common is that they're greenhouse gases or gases in the atmosphere, and that has led to a huge amount of trouble. They came up with GWP, uh, you know, global warming potential of 100. That was a nonsense. Um, uh, Alan and... Payne and co, the Oxford University, came out and said, no, that was wrong. We, we've got to treat um, methane, particularly ruminant methane, differently. It's a short-lived gas. It doesn't last in the atmosphere. Most of that uh, stuff about how long gases last is just a nonsense as well and been proven. But it wasn't until a couple of years ago that Will Happer, Dr. Will Happer, who's one of the most respected physicists in the world, uh, a standing, high standing. He'd be recognised as one of the two or three top physicists ever, uh, and and a Canadian scientist by the name of William Van Vingarten got together and started looking at the effect of of uh, greenhouse gases in the real atmosphere, not in the laboratory, not in dry air, because there's no such thing as dry air. There's humidity and moisture in the air wherever we go, e even in the even in the dry Arctic or the Sahara. So they, they actually studied it. And, and what they found was that when you look at the way um, greenhouse gases operate on the electromagnetic spectrum, and that's a big lot of words, but I'll try and give you another analogy. Um, when you look at it, then their effectiveness is vastly reduced. Let me give you an illustration. Um, your radio station operates on a wavelength. If I twiddle the knobs a little bit, I lose your radio station. It's not because the sound's gone away. It's just that I'm not on the correct frequency. If you take liken that to the um, frequencies that exist in the atmosphere, then methane only operates on one or two very small stations and very weakly. Water vapour, which is 8, 10,000, 15,000 times stronger than methane and more prevalent than methane, it operates on 100 
or more different stations. You can get water vapour on any part of the wavelength, whereas methane, you only get two weak signals. And and when Vingarten and Happer found that, they were able to show that instead of methane being a, a, a strong molecule and a potent molecule that affects things, they found, hey, it doesn't have very much effect at all. In fact, the warming that methane can do is minuscule. They said it's so trivial, you shouldn't be taxing anybody, you shouldn't be taking it into consideration. Now, does that make me a climate denier or make them climate deniers? No, it's not. They showed that CO2 can do a very small amount of warming. They even said methane can do a small amount of warming. It's about 0.001 of one degree every 100 years. So it's, it's, it's so tiny, it's immeasurable. And as for coming onto my farm and measuring my methane and telling me <laughs> I pay tax on it, that is so absurd. And uh, people actually think that that's possible and believable and, and genuine. They need to think again. And we, we've spoken about the science many a times and not just us, you know, so many different forums. But there is also this whole gravy train behind it, Owen. $120 million were announced during uh, last year, I think late last year, for solutions to reduce, to reduce emissions from organic waste. And they said that we need to tackle methane, and they call it climate-damaging, biogenic methane emissions from decomposing organic waste. 52 councils have been put together in an alliance. There is the sky commitment, where again, it is countdown, Fonterra, Silver Ferns, Foodstuff, Nestle, and all of this that have signed up to it. There is the Love Food, Hate Waste Collective. So it's it's not just going to be for farmers. It is going to be for urban New Zealand. Councils are going to have to up their rates, put in a whole lot of other measures, Whereas most councils at this point are so close to bankruptcy that, you know, oh, between you, their cycle right. lanes and three waters yeah. assets being taken off them and yeah. all of that climate nonsense. So this, the methane issue, listeners, is, is not just rural New Zealand. It is coming for you, regardless of where you are. The gravy train always does. That frightens me perhaps more than anything. I mean, once money starts getting just out and dollops like that, people are not going to... Um, be quite so uh, regarding of their principles. Mm, and, exactly. um, you know, they, <laughs> they, they say follow the science, they say follow the money. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it, that um, if you look at what the IPCC has said over the years about future temperature increases and, and the trend, and you might recall they came out with uh, a traje trajectory that said they called it RCP 8.5. They said we could go up four or five or six degrees in the mm. next hundred years. Now, more latterly, they've realised that was a nonsense and they've backed away from that. But every regional council in New Zealand, the Ministry for the Environment, the Commissioner for the Environment, the Climate Change Commissioner, all running with RCP 8.5, despite the fact that it's been clearly shown that that's no longer a possible or practical option. Now, why yeah. is that? Why is that? Why do they continue to follow that? Why, do, why, does the, why does the Ministry for the Environment, why do even our own farming leaders, why do the political parties on the hustings you hear every day, 
Why are they still running with this New Zealand farming is 50% of our problem? It's a lie. It's a lie. You can't call it anything else. It's not just a, a misjudgment. It's an outright lie. And it's time we called them out on it. And that's really why the Methane Science Accord was formed. It was to say to politicians, get hold of the truth. Get hold of the facts. Look at the actual science, not the stuff that's clouded by the green groups and, and by the people who have got um, at stake a lot of money because they want to dig into the public purse uh, at, for even greater amounts of research funding. Incredible, isn't it? I mean, I I recall um, the formation of the global uh, green yeah the global research alliance, and there was the pastoral greenhouse gas consortium before that, and the money that's gone into all of that. I mean, no one um, denies that we as farmer farmers we like to uh, find technologies and and ideas that make us more efficient. As as uh, in your time, you went and told the government we want to get rid of subsidies, production subsidies, and we'll be more efficient. So we, we did all that. We've got the international gold standard of production, subsidy-free farming. Um, and they still put us under the bus for emissions taxes. Now, it was staggering. Jasper was in the room last year when we had a meeting in Invercargill and about 550 people at it. And it seems I humiliated the ACT candidate, Andrew Hoggard, uh, who was the former Feds president, when I said, this is world first stupidity that you're endorsing a tax on farmers, on your own members. You're endorsing a tax. It's the it's a first. It's a world first. No sector has ever said tax us and we'll be happy. Um, but he came up with this idea that he just wants this bogeyman off his back, uh, get the green piece out of his hair so he can tell his kids he fixed something. A small tax would be okay. Well, I've never heard anything so appalling from a farm leader in my life. Now, I don't mean to be nasty to, to Andrew because you know, I hope I wish him all the best. But what is it going to take to wake up? Uh, you know, you're know, you doing the Methane Science Accord. You're, you're after up to 500,000 names to really... Is, is that what you think it's going to take to move the dial so that the politicians in these other... in the parties are going to wake up? Because it seems there's not one political party today willing to tackle this the way we need it done what i know that was a long yeah. statement um mm. quite frustrating you can sense and, and you know, i had another colleague he said uh, when i was trying to develop that idea of gas uh gas trickery it was the guilty animal scam gas stood for guilty animal scam and i think he's right i think he's right we've had this gas trickery put on us for 20 years and it's in the mindsets of set of par parliament and politicians and bureaucracy and mainstream New Zealanders. It is going to take at least five hundred thousand names to get the to get things turned, doesn't it, Owen? Yeah, it is. And uh, really, at the end of the day, you have to try and hold on to your faith in democracy that somehow the people speak and somehow the politicians, um, you know, respond. Um, and if, if we've lost our faith in that, uh, there's really no hope for us. So we're saying we'll put the names together. We'll put uh, the issue in front of the politicians. I mean, I got a little bit of hope when I heard that one of our leading parties were going to follow the science. Um, and then they went and blew it all by talking about all these technologies and things that they were going to introduce. You know, Don, my father was a Jersey breeder. We're going back a few years, but he loved his Jersey cows. And it was in the days when you got well paid for 
milk from Jersey cows, by the way. But he was a breeder of cows. And, and he, he he set out to, you know, have the perfect cow. And he just didn't want a cow that produced a lot of um, milk and, and milk fat, but he, and butterfat as it was in those days. But he also wanted a cow that looked good, had good udder attachment, strong feet, had a nice sort of wedge-shaped body. And what he found was that you often trade one trait for another. You know, you breed a cow that's got good udder attachments and her feet are not so good or vice versa. Now, we've got a whole lot of smart people out there telling us, particularly with sheep and, and, and LIC are onto the same thing at the moment with dairy cows, Oh, we can breed animals that have got, you know, low methane output. Well, at what cost? That's my question. What cost? You know, we've, I hear that some of these methane animals are, have, have dropped their, um, some of their other traits by 20 and 30%. And all for what? All for what? It's not going to make one measurable scrap of difference, even in 100 years of measuring temperature. It's a, it's a fallacy. It's a fool's errand. And, and what we need is strong people to stand up. Look, New Zealand is a bit of a blip on the edge of the world globe, but we have standing. And, and I'm a great believer that truth uh, eventually rises to the surface. We've got people, well, we need people who will stand up, clearly enunciate the situation, Follow the science exactly, the latest current science that's unrefuted, and stand up not just locally but internationally. That's that's the part that really riles me. We've got people going out into the international world and selling us short, and we've got to stop that. There is they. I think there's almost a race right now to develop these low methane sheep and cows and whatever else they want to. I. And because I think there's, there will come a time when they'll have to relook at these metrics that are being used. But right now, there's been a proactive release on the 4th of September from the Parliament's uh, Environment, Energy and Climate Committee on the 4th of September. James Shaw uh, and others have worked on this. And one of their uh, the clauses of this particular uh, paper says, that while developing all these recommendations where they say we need to be at the forefront of everything from reducing fossil, from ending fossil fuels, not reducing, to cutting down methane and CO2 emissions, they say, we have considered the latest science in the current uh, recommendations. Metrics are not slated for discussion within the UN climate change process until 2027. So as you just said, we are working right now, and I have spoken about this at different forums, including council, the Ministry for Environment guidance on basis of which councils are making their own, you know, emission, uh, uh, how much emission they're currently, their tables. They are from 2008. They are talking of IPCC fourth report. And if it will be till 2027 that we are not looking at anything, it will be, the science will be, outdated by two decades. We've got all these come lately coming out of the woodwork, haven't we? You know, oh gosh, well, let's do the science. Oh, let's follow the science. Where were they in 2016 when Miles Allen and uh, Michelle Kane and co said that GWP 100 was a nonsense? New Zealand should have been all over that in a, 
like a rash back then, not now, not not arriving, you know, the party as late as this. And, you know, I'm, I, I just find it almost insulting that beef and lamb and dairy and said are now saying, oh, gee, um, you know, we're going to we're going to look at the science. Well, where were they when when, when was first set up? Where were they then looking at the science? Where was where was New Zealand Inc. when um, Kane and and uh, Allen and first started talking about GW Star? Where were they then? Where were our leadership back then? Were they following the science? No, they were sucked in by the green groups for all this nonsense and ridiculous stuff about methane being more powerful, more potent, and and whatever. Um, you know, it just really annoys me that we've fallen into this deep hole and we're having to dig our way out of it. Oh, playing nice um, has been part of the game for a long time. I'm, and even currently, I'm aware that, that our groups that we used to be formal, you know, part of in, in the past are sort of saying, oh, we've just got to play in the mainstream uh, we can't we can't play on the fringes we can't so what does that mean um sell out it seems to be saying sell out now interestingly clause 72 in the letter that Jasper just wrote out at the end of it we talk about metric um are not slated for discussion until 2027 the last sentence Jasper didn't read out she said it, it says as such guidance on metrics in this mandate is premature premature it's yes. 20 years overdue uh, so I don't know what premature means to these guys. Probably another billion dollars worth of, of gravy train, um, I think. Uh, so it is so disappointing. And Owen, I'm I'm really heartened to hear that you've got the bit between the teeth. Now let's but let's go on to that review that beef and lamb, dairy and Z and feds are doing. It seems like a review of their own um their own work to me. It, it sort of says to me that. Uh, the work that they're going to do, you know, they're going to review the Miles Allen and the Kane um, stuff again. And that's what they've already paid for. But they're doing a review. And it sounds like they've sat on this review for some time. Politicians and self-justification go together, don't they? Um, <laughs> you know, kind of inseparable. Um, and what we're seeing now is a, sort of a, a, a very late, to the party kind of effort to somehow uh, swing the thing around. I'd, I'd like to think that, that, you know, between Groundswell and Farm and Fifty Shades of Green and the Rural Advocacy Network, that we might have actually um, pushed them a little bit on that because, you know, it's, they're now sort of trying to um, trying to kind of catch up. Um, uh, it, it's all too little too late. And, and what's missing very obviously sticking out like a, the nose on your face is the fact that their science is only catching up with what happened in 2016, 2018. Yeah. What about what's happened in 2022 and 23 with the Vingarten and Happer paper? And it's not just it's not just that. We we've got we've got our own Dr. Jock Allison, one of our leading animal scientists in New Zealand, uh, a guy who dedicated his life to improving the, the, particularly the animal side of farming in New Zealand over his entire lifetime. His paper with Dr. Tom Sheehan on the whole issue of greenhouse gases is still one of the most readable, sensible, easy to follow, down-to-earth papers on the issue that has ever been written. It's an absolute primer on, on the whole issue of not just methane but CO2 as well. And, and there's a bunch of other scientists 
um, who are not getting publicity, of course, because um, the media don't want to give them any publicity, but are out there saying exactly the same thing. Catch up, guys. When you look at methane in the real world, in a world dominated by water vapour, then what you find is that it's its contribution to warming is so minimal, is so infinitesimal, that it makes no difference at all. And trying to tax it is just a nonsense from woe to go. I should say here that I have been I have gotten used to the lies on the climate front between methane and CO2 and all of this. But what really got me angry is this this groundbreaking research that beef and lamb, dairy NZ and feds have said is is going to be our savior. The ones we've just referred to, the Miles Allen one. We have picked up two people, both who have one of them, yeah, you know, Miles Allen, who's already been part of IPCC. The other person who is uh, working on this one, she is a co-chair for the United Nations Food and Agriculture uh, Administration's Technical Advisory Group on Methane. Michelle Kane, do you think, as you said, our turkey is going to look forward to Christmas? No, they are not. But this is just, you know, a bit thrown to the plebs to stop them from mutinying that, you know, look, look, we are doing something. I think yes. this is probably the biggest insult to the intelligence of farmers and these bodies, some of which are levy paid and some like feds, independent advocates, they are just leading us again down the garden path. Why now? Why mm. just before the elections? Mm -hmm. It is, yeah, I, I am very cynical cruel, about this it? one. It's cruel because, you know, I don't know why the, our farming leadership got conned into the idea that if you don't do something, we'll put you in the ETS. Um, you know, uh, uh, that was so badly thought through and such a, a poor, low-key response to a threat that should never have been made anyway. But, you know, to then buckle it down and, and try and cobble together something um, in the narrow confines that they were to work um, was never going to work, was never going to come out as, as a sensible option, a workable, pra practicable option. What they should have said was, we will look at the science because policy is based on science and facts and reality. I mean, goodness gracious, that's what the National Party is learning at the moment over their tax policy. You, you make policy on the basis of factual evidence uh, of and factual evidence comes from science, and science evolved. What was what was scientifically understood a hundred years ago, ten years ago, five years ago, even one year ago, will change as new findings and 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 uh, are made, and and people develop uh, new thinking. And what happens? That science stands until somebody refutes it, challenges it, and finds it wrong. What we have right now. And what beef and lamb, dairy and Z and federated farmers should be focusing on is the current science. The current science says that methane is not an issue and that ruminant methane in New Zealand should be disregarded for tax purposes. And we want to hear politicians say, I have read the science. I understand what they're saying. There will no, be no policies put forward by our party to tax methane, to place all these stupid and ridiculous targets and 
farm measurements and all that stuff and, and, and all these ideas of breeding animals that are going to be methane pure, for goodness sake, get off the bus and, and get a dose of reality and, and, um, and just move on and, and have, have the, um, the, the, I was going to use a, a <laughs> word that probably I shouldn't, but have the fortitude, I'll call it <laughs> fortitude, to get up in the international arena and bat for New Zealand. I mean, goodness yeah. gracious, you wouldn't find an Aussie out there cow-towing um, at the expense of his country. The, the Chinese go to these uh, conferences knowing full well that there's a, a new coal-fired power station being built every 10 minutes. And they don't, mm. they don't cow-toe to the international community. Why should New Zealand? And why should we let these um, green-tinged uh, politicians and, and leaders go off to IPCC meetings and sell us down the creek? Oh, and they do it with a smile as well. Look, I, you, know, you and I have been in these forums in Wellington. You, you work with bureaucrats more than I did, perhaps. But uh, I recall meetings in Wellington where um, they were, uh, especially the guys that are now sort of got links to Victoria University, um, seemed to almost smile with glee that they had me um, angry. Um, uh, and they thought that they were pulling the wool over the farmer's eyes and they were smiling about it. I mean, I, I kid you not, they were smiling that they were putting farmers under the bus. And so they're still there, these people. They're still there. And uh, if the if the listeners... Um, can't understand this call to arms because uh, uh, they need to. I, I should say they need to understand this call to arms effectively by um, the uh, Methane Science Accord because it is going to affect all New Zealanders, uh, as Jasper Eat said, through the local authorities who are now hamming it up to do all this methane mitigation stuff. Um, I don't know what it's going to take. If we can't get people to understand this, uh, we're up against bureaucracy, we're up against big money, we're up against the pledges that New Zealand has made to the methane, likes of the Global Methane Pledge. I mean, this is a massive United Nations. I know that you may not agree with this, but it's a massive pull by the United Nations forces to get us to comply with the that agenda. Now, we couldn't have talked about this 10 years ago because we were being considered nutters. Uh, it's very, very obvious, the game. Um, and, you know, uh, we've got to get as many people, and I applaud you, Owen, for having the tenacity. Age is no barrier. You talked about age a bit earlier. Age is no barrier to wiseness. <laughs> it makes you... Uh, if Biden you... can do it, I can. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Gosh. But no uh, one told us, Don, you know, when they signed up the methane pledge, made us one of the first 130 countries in the world to sign up to this methane pledge as a part of COP26, the last day of Glasgow. They didn't tell us what the heck this was going to sign us, you know, what actually this meant. That 130-odd are now 149 countries. And this is where we are at. If we don't push back at this point, yeah, that uh, is that is yeah. a massive I mean, just, tax grab. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've fought against this conspiratorial stuff. I mean, for goodness sake, you know, people were telling me a few years ago, oh, you know, you need to understand what's going on behind all of this. And I said, oh, get off the grass. I'm not going to buy into that nonsense. You know, um, you know, reds under the bed and whatever. Um, but I gotta say, you know, the more you, the closer you get to this stuff, the more you realize there's kind of connections. I mean, 
I, I listened to some old guy called John Campbell on on YouTube talking about um, uh, COVID and stuff, and you know he's hammering away uh, about you know these uh, extra deaths that are occurring in the community, and you start to think after a while, why isn't anybody asking the question? Why aren't ministers of health and prime ministers asking about this? And and you know you can start to believe that these dots are actually join up. They join up behind the scenes. And, um, yeah, I must say I've had to rethink that um, somewhat. And and what a, here's what I see, Don, and I think you'll understand this. I can remember a Director General of Agriculture like, like Malcolm Cameron, solid agricultural men, absolutely steeped in every aspect of agriculture, who went into the cabinet room, uh, went in front of the minister and battered for agriculture. When uh, Helen Clark was prime minister, she cleaned out a lot of the, um, the the genuine departmental people, not just in agriculture, but in other ministries. And, and bean counters and party people were put into key positions. And, and, you know, Malcolm Cameron would no longer, would not have joined up with any pressure group. You know, he'd... he'd, he'd resigned before he did anything like that. But what we find now in senior roles in government departments of people who belong to uh, a number of different pressure groups behind the scenes and are feeding them information um, and, and talking behind our backs and whatever, that's, that's deplorable. We need a public service that is honest, transparent, full of integrity, acting on our behalf. And if an incoming government doesn't do anything else, it needs to clean that scene out really seriously. 100%, Owen. And, you know, the value proposition from our public service uh, in general is very, very poor at the moment. It has been so wasteful. Uh, interestingly, I was behind the um, the naming of the Ministry for Primary Industry. I thought a super a ministry for something would be good, not of uh, something. So, And I thought the super ministry would be a good thing. But what I've seen in the last 15 odd years is uh, if you sort of get to a point where you're under pressure by a sector, you just move. Uh, it's like a revolving door. You just go to the next department over. So, so you might go to MB or something like that. Um, but you still got the same agenda as the bureaucrat that's advising the parliament. And uh, until we, I think you're, you've made a hell of a big statement. Um, we've got to have a, a, a public sector uh, that is um, got some integrity. And currently, it appears integrity is lost. Uh, you know, I'm going to make a funny comment here that will raise an eyebrow. When Jacinda Ardern became the Prime Minister, I thought that she offered New Zealand something that we hadn't had for some time, and that was a lofty vision. The problem with lofty visions is you have to deliver on them. <laughs> you can't set a high standard. You can't put pigs in the sand that are well out there if you don't a, have the ability or the inclination uh, or the support to actually achieve them. What New Zealand needs needs right now more than anything is not somebody who argues about fine points of tax policy or whether we have jails or not. What we want is somebody who lifts our game, lifts our game as a country, lifts our sights um, and, and sets you know, new goals for New Zealand that are achievable, but then turns around and delivers on them. Mm. We've lacked delivery. 
We know where we need to be as a country, and even on this methane issue, I think there are a lot of people who understand uh, at least something of the science on methane, but they're not delivering on it. I, I yeah. think there are actually scientists in and around Climate Change Commission, Ministry for the Environment, etc., who have read the HAP of Vingarten papers, who have read Tom Sheehan, who have read uh, Jock Allison, who have read a number of other scientists who are clear on this. But, you know, they just start to look at which side of the bread the butter's on and um, and, and back away. And, and it's going to take, it's going to take, as I said, people not just with vision, but with determination and ability to deliver on that vision. We want to, we, we need to lift our game. We're, you know, um, I was reading the other day that Israel, which is smaller than the Waikato region, get that? Smaller than Waikato, is producing 11 times the GDP of New Zealand. You know, yep. we've got to do better, and we can do it with agriculture. I hear people saying, oh, agriculture is yesterday's industry. We've got to go regen, and oh, man, don't start me on that. But, you know, agriculture can do it. We've got the ability to do um, not just added value, but but really exciting technological breakthroughs around agriculture that could reposition New Zealand uh, as a as a smart leader. And and here we are wallowing around in in arguments about a methane gas that's point zero 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 one eight percent of the atmosphere. Uh, and 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 you know we're we're missing out on the big picture stuff, on growing our economy, on growing our exports, on you know producing more wealth for New Zealanders. I mean, get a life, people. We've got to get on with the job. We do, we do, and you know, seeing the IMF figures that came out uh, late last month, saying that we are 159th out of 160 countries in terms of the GDP forecast for the next 12 months. That's that's a really grim picture. Now, listeners, we've been talking about this methane accord. I should at this point put in a plug-in for the website if you want to go and sign up to uh, reality on the methane, this case for the current science. The website is www.methane-accord.co.nz. This is supported by Farm. That's Facts About Ruminant Methane, Groundswell, Fifty Shades of Green and the Rural Advocacy Network. We do need urban New Zealand joining in because, as I said, this is not just about rural New Zealand. Methane, they have a plan for urban New Zealand as well, don't they, Don? Oh, they do. And, uh, you know, we're, we're doing our best. to. You know, since we started the show, though, think about it, Jasper, five months or six months on, there's not many weeks we haven't been bashing um, the table about this very issue, Owen. And so we're very grateful that we can, uh, if we can help you and your group um, generate some more interest. Um, and I don't know what to do next. Uh, just keep in touch, I think, Owen, and um, we'll uh, try and try and give you as much help as we can and, and your group because you've got some love, you know, fine people in there. I see Jane Smith, uh, Hamish Delatour, Derek Daniel, Hamish Carswell, Helen Mandano, who we had on our show a while back, uh, John Sexton, Neil Henderson. Hamish Bolesky, Deborah Alexander, Kate Broadbent, and yourself as initiate as the initiator. So, look, you've done a good job getting it together in what four weeks, perhaps. Uh, perhaps mm -hmm. it's longer than that. Um, but 
all power to your arm and uh, we'll keep in touch and um, see how the numbers are going. But yeah, employ our listeners to just sign up on that website that uh, Jasper has just mentioned. And so Owen, thanks for coming on today and uh, uh, all the best. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. And all I'd say is not, don't just join up yourself, you know, get the family to join up, get friends, send it into your network. It's numbers that will change this and numbers only. So, yeah, thanks, uh, guys, um, and thanks for the work you're doing. Gosh, um, you're a breath of fresh air in, in, a, in a pretty torrid scene out there in the media. I can't believe that our media have deteriorated to the degree they have. So keep flying the flag. Thank you, you so much, thanks, Owen. We completely intend to. So if once again, it's www.methane-accord.co.nz. Thank you so much for joining us today. Goodbye. Thank you. Jaspreet Bopperai and Don Nicholson with Greenwashed on RCR, Reality Check Radio.